inhaling frequencies are open. Welcome, welcome to the Infinite Potato Alliance. Welcome to That Star Trek Podcast. Are you out of your mind? Watch and learn. This is going to be awesome. This is your place for detailed analysis and speculation of all things Trek. You are stopping to the core. I can smell it on you. Join us as we dive into the newest content coming available, as well as retrospectives of the past series and films. Do we need a mutiny today to prove who we are? Now, on with the show. We've only just begun. Hello, everyone, and welcome to an all-new episode of that Star Trek podcast. My name is Sean Ray, and I work really hard not to be misunderstood. Joining me tonight in the historic Infinite Potato Studio, we have Dave. How's it going, sir? Hey, man. How are you? Thanks for having me. Doing wonderful. Rick is here as well. How are you? Be brilliant. <laughs> and Neek Yeager is here with us as well. How are you doing, ma'am? Mediocre as always. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so tonight we will be discussing the season two finale of Star Trek Picard, which was titled Farewell, written by Christopher Monfett and Akiva Goldsman, directed by Michael Weaver. And of course, the original air date was May 5th, 2022. With just hours until the Europa launch, Picard and crew find themselves in a race against time to save the future. Now, before we go any further, and I'm going to give you a warning this time, I'm about to drop a big F-bomb. (laughs) <laughs> and uh y'all might agree with me on this giant freaking robot those assholes got there they've been putting out a story that that uh um allison pill was fired from story oh, yeah. from picard and it was it got onto one of my news aggregators and i clicked on the damn thing not realizing it was a gfr freaking article until yeah. i got to it and then i was like oh you assholes yeah, it was, they, they did put out a big clickbait and called it fired. Then you go mm-hmm. to the article and it's, I mean, she's just, she's it's not going to be on the show anymore. It's yeah. Not- <laughs> yeah. By the way, I totally just, I thought you were talking about a uh, bad robot. And I was like, wait, oh, what? No. Like, I was like, <laughs> they secret hideout now. And also, wait, what? Wait. Yeah. But yeah, giant freaking, yeah, giant freaking robot. They suck. <laughs> giant freaking robot. Uh, uh, Midnight's Edge, that, that whole mm-hmm. bound, bounding into comics. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Comic skaters, man. What did you guys ha- think overall of this episode? Nick, I'll start with you. What'd you think? Uh, you know, mediocre as always. It, Eh, it was okay I guess I I felt like there were a lot of emotional beats that were not earned it so I you know it was fine it the season started so strong for me I was so into it the first few episodes and then it lost me and then I I I mean I obviously kept watching but I, I stopped caring as much and then I was almost just watching it out of duty and then, you know, it ended and I'm like, yeah, okay, it's over, whatever. I think the only <laughs> thing that really, that I loved was uh, Will Wheaton showing up. 
Mm -hmm. that that really surprised me and i was like i love that it makes sense finally he's being acknowledged uh it's great for the character it's great for continuity everything else oh and i also really enjoyed q finally admitting he loves picard and i i i wish picard had acknowledged his affection for q a lot earlier um I mean, earlier, like back in TNG, because I always thought it was a little bit silly how he was always so hostile towards Q because it's like, dude, this has been going on for ages. Like, you know, get with the program, get over it, just roll with it. Stop, you know, stop fighting something that is a force of nature. And so I liked him finally being like, oh, okay, we're buds. And then everything else, I was just sort of like, meh. (laughs) <laughs> okay yeah i've uh, i've always wondered why one well, i mean i know why but they always kept acting like q was this bad guy that was just gonna end everything i was like he's obviously not he's not gonna end everything he's just there to to cause problems <laughs> you know he's uh mr mixel pickalick or whatever from uh from superman you know but um mix yes pedalick Okay, there you go. <laughs> it's funny that you bring up Superman because I was just thinking that that is exactly the relationship between Picard and Q. Like Picard is Lex Luthor in a way, and he's terrified of the power that Q has, whether or not he's about to really do something or not. Like you just never know with Q. Maybe he'll he'll end humanity to you know uh, teach Picard a lesson. Be like, well, if you can't figure it out, then humanity shouldn't even be around anyway, should they? <laughs> So I, I feel like that's just really Picard's whole mentality. He's like, damn it, Q, what is this? Like, it might be a fun little adventure or it might be something really horrible. Um, yeah, I, I, but yeah, I do also get that, that feeling. It's just like, God, he should have just said, you know, I love you, Q, or something. <laughs> some yeah. well, I mean, even if he, he is terrified of Q, which is a reasonable reaction, to, to be so openly hostile, to be so, I, I don't know, it, to me, it's just, it's not a logical way to deal with it. It's, it's yeah. like, this is someone who could, who could end you, and yet it's pretty obvious he cares about you. So maybe show a little bit of appreciation, a little <laughs> bit of respect, especially after the episode. I, I'm sorry, I can't remember the, the name of it. You know, the one where he learns the lesson about his reckless youth and he's, Tapestry. He's like, oh, Tapestry, and he yeah. actually acknowledges like, oh, Q actually kind of helped me on that one. And it's like, okay, I thought that would be a turning point. And then he would sort of grow a greater appreciation for Q, but he seems to just be just as hostile the next time he shows up instead of saying like, oh, what's going to happen now? With, with, especially with this season, I would say that I'm thankful they didn't, you know, hammer it home quite as ham-fisted as I'm about to say it. But when you look at like, Picard's relationship with his father he might actually just be lashing out at Q because he feels like here's another authority figure who's telling me what I can and can't do Mm. is bullying me like my dad did uh you you know what I mean like that that might be something yeah 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 Yeah, and that might have been something interesting to explore that they didn't (laughs) do it's a fine line though like I don't want Supergirl you know what I mean where it's like that's why I've been rebelling against Q all these years because my dad was a dick. 
know, like I don't want that either. So it's it's hard to please me. I, I accept that. <laughs> well, I will I will say one thing that I've seen a lot of online is people complaining that Q says that he's dying because they said Q is immortal. He can't die. Look, everything dies. There is a beginning and an end to everything. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they can say he's immortal all he wants to, you know, but there oh. is an end to end. Energy comes to an end eventually or it dissipates into something else. And, and, he, and Q is also always lying. I don't know why everyone takes his words at face value. Well, he no. also, like I, po- I pointed out to a couple of people, I said, look, he said, I'm moving on. You call it dying. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's turning mm-hmm. into something else. It's not necessarily mm-hmm. going to end. It's just this version of him won't exist anymore or whatever. But mm-hmm. Rick, what did you think? Uh, well, first of all, I, listening to y'all talk, I just I just had the realization that maybe Q is just an omtip, uh, an omnipotent sub, and uh, <laughs> he just loves it when Picard yells at him. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I loved there, it. There is that. <laughs> uh, I I really enjoyed the episode. Yeah, there there are some some you know. Okay, I I think we need to give uh, Picard a little bit of slack because one. This is, you know, season two. Look at look at what most Star Trek series looked like in their second season. They weren't great. Um, they also had to deal with COVID. Like I, I, the the ending scene in the bar. Why, you know, I was like, it didn't even it didn't even dawn on me while I was watching. I was like, why are they over at that table in Guinan and Picard? It was because of COVID. They they were never in this. They weren't allowed to be within, you know. 10 feet of each other that that's why that weirdness was going on well it was it wasn't just that they were away from each other that that scene with picard and guinan and then and then immediately right behind them the table of with raffian they were that was filmed at different times they weren't even filmed Mm -hmm. together yeah the 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 trivia that i read it didn't specifically say that Whoopi goldberg didn't want to be that close to anybody else but it kind that was kind of the subtext there um, and, you know, and I know plenty of people that, you know, we at work, we are no longer required to wear masks, but we've got some students that still wear their masks. And I asked them, you know, do you want me to put mine on? Are you uncomfortable with, you know, so there's still a lot of, um, of, uh, you know, concern and fear over, over the, over COVID. And this was filmed a year ago when we were still in the, you know, in, at the, at the peak of it. So, I think we need to, and, and this isn't the only show that I've been, you know, seeing, you know, people are like uh, complaining about this, that, and the other thing. I'm like, you got to give these people some slack. They got to show out under incredibly difficult conditions. Um, yes, I was complaining, you know, just two or three episodes ago, you know, just get on with it. Um, you know, this episode, this season could have been two episodes shorter and a little, you know, a little more tight, a little more concise. But I think that this finale was very much in the in the uh uh idiom of star trek of previous finales season finales uh i think they tied up everything maybe too neatly i you know i won't argue that but it was very satisfying uh the hug was awkward as hell which was exactly how it should have been (laughs) um you know, Picard going, all right, you're dying. I'll give you a hug, you asshole. <laughs> um, and I think my, my only complaint, uh, you know, is just I, I under like I, I, and I think I said this before. I understand why this storyline 
brought Stewart back because, you know, he had said he, he saw no reason to, to do Picard again. He'd said everything he needed to say. He wasn't going to come back unless there was something new to do. Mm-hmm. And this was exploring aspects of Picard that they hadn't explored in the show. And as an actor, I can see how this was appealing to him. I just don't know that we really needed to go along on that ride with him. But it's more Star Trek, so I'm not going to complain too loudly. Um, you know, I didn't get to talk about last week's episode because I wasn't here when y'all talked about it. I was, you know, both disturbed and impressed that they went as far as they did with his mother's storyline. Because I was like, that's got to be where it's going, but I don't think they're going to have the cojones to do it. And then they did it. And I was impressed, but also like, oh, that was pretty grim. Um, so it was a little candy corn pie in the sky, the way they, they tied everything up so neatly. But on the other hand, my heart was like singing <laughs> with every loose end that was wrapped up. And, and I, you know, like, like you said, Nick, it was so great seeing Will Wheaton again. Unfortunately, I had been spoiled about that by Will freaking Wheaton himself. Yeah, Will Wheaton. <laughs> I mean, come and on. I don't blame him for it. He'd been sitting on that picture for a year and he's finally like, I oh, finally I can post. <laughs> Even that was, it was, you know, I had no idea what the context would be, but it, it was, it was great to see him. You know, I'm, I'm reading his book, his uh, uh, still just a geek book right now. And, you know, the way Berman just screwed him over every chance he got, it was so nice to see Will get some real screen time for a change. So yeah, I need to read that. Um, overall, uh, I'm, I really enjoyed it. You know, there were, there were, there were a couple of scenes that we probably could have done without a couple of things that were a little too Deus Ex Machina, but overall, I think it was, a, I think it was certainly better than last season. <laughs> so. John made it. How's it going, John? Good. <laughs> All right, Dave, Dave, what did you think? Um, I, I feel like um, it is a is a better finale than last year. Still fell pretty flat to me. I feel like the, the this whole season should have been, they should have pulled a Moon Knight, man. They should have done six episodes and, and been done. There's a lot of chase the cat, you know, save the cat, whatever you want to call it. Um, in this season, uh, a lot of filler episodes, weirdly. But um, I did get choked up when Picard hugged Q. Um especially when, when Q said, I care about you, that, that got me, damn it. <laughs> and um, though I felt that it's one of those things where I saw Will Wheaton pop up and I went, how's this going to go? <laughs> and I love, I love the, rev- the revelation that the travelers are, you know, pretty much the higher ups in charge of the, uh, the, uh, gary sevens what are they called the supervisors Supervisors. that's it god i can't remember that word i love that i love that turn uh i am willing to forgive will wheaton for not acting well (laughs) um yeah you like will wheaton (laughs) yeah he did like i was like man he's been out of the game for a minute and then like i look back and watch some wesley scenes on tng i was like no he's still there never mind (laughs) i'm good we're good um <laughs> yeah uh i'll never like that that they you know just uh brought uh brioni's into play a different character i'll never dig it but that's fine she can be a she can be a traveler i'm good with getting rid of her and what was funny is like <laughs> i saw a um a little behind the scenes thing where they were like we have to figure out what to do with her. 
And then someone mentioned Wesley and everyone's like, and everyone had been fighting over like all the different showrunners have been fighting saying, we want Wesley in our show. <laughs> I'm like, that's so weird that everyone was, but yeah, I mean, everybody wants to know what the hell happened to Wesley. Yeah. I want to know who, I want to know who was fighting. Cause I mean, I don't know how, how would Wesley fit into discovery? How would, I can see Wesley popping up on, uh, on lower decks. <laughs> He's a traveler. He's a traveler. Oh, yeah. He can he's fit in. Anywhere. Yeah. He can go yeah. everywhere. He's a time lord now. I know it. I know it can happen. I just don't see it. I just don't see him fitting in in that uh, storyline. As someone who has been like ruminating on that cryptic, you know, line from Cisco, you know, I could be back in a year. I could be back, or I could be back yesterday, or whatever. I'm like, dude could travel in time. Yeah. Like back in the Enterprise days, I was like. Man, I season five. If they do season five before they canceled it, I was like, I hope we see Avery Brooks show up as Cisco to, to set right what once went wrong. Um, it's a shame uh, Christopher isn't here because <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been wanting Quantum Leap with Cisco or Wesley for uh, over a decade at least. So um, yeah, uh, but yeah, the time travel elements don't make any sense to me. Like. Um, I, I and I was peeved that they went ahead and just between that and uh, the other show that we're we're not going to talk about right now, they they pretty much just retconned it. Where like, yeah, 1996, that wasn't eugenics wars. Eugenics wars happened later. <sighs> okay. Well, the the the, the we'll, we'll, get into, we'll, we'll talk about it. But the when he pulls up that file, that file uh-huh. says 1996 on the file. Does Project, it Project yeah. Con? It's oh, 1996 on the file. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, now well, I'm really like, are you guys talking to each other? What's happening? <laughs> well, what, what I've heard about that, and they've been saying this for years, this isn't anything new, um, was, and this has been like people's headcanon for a long time, mm-hmm. especially after, uh, uh, what was the Voyager one where they went back to? Was it past tense? or Past was, tense, yeah. Am I thinking um, and it, and I don't know. Basically, what they were saying is that the eugenics wars happened in 1996, but they weren't widely known. Yeah. Um, you know, it was like a, you know, like a skirmish in Asia that that most of the Western world was not aware of. And then after World War Three happened and a lot of the records got lost, it was one of those things that, you know, future generations knew thought of it as a, as a huge thing because it was one of the few things that they they knew about from history. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't something that was wide as you know widely known. It wasn't a worldwide conflict. Uh, it was a fairly localized thing that then led to a big thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right, that's fine. You know, how I'll many? Get down how with many that. Yeah. How many Asian skirmishes can we name off the top of our hands that aren't Vietnam? Yeah. So <laughs> I know that there are those who don't like the don't like Greg Cox as a writer. I like him a lot as a writer. I thought Q Continuum was one of the best trilogies of books that's ever been done, but. Uh, yeah, like his his con books were fantastic for like bringing up stuff like like little things like Waco and stuff that like tied into the eugenics wars we just didn't know about. Like I really liked that. I started reading the first one, and I I just I couldn't get past. Did we need to see Nooney? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't. I didn't get halfway into the book. It just drove me crazy. <laughs> John, what you what you think of this episode? It seems like I'm pretty much on the same page as what everyone else said. Uh, I liked the episode overall. Uh, I was, it was a good conclusion. Um, You know, there was, over the course of the season, it's been, let's say, uneven. 
in some aspects. Um, but when they focused on the main plots, for the most part, I was fine with what they did. Um, and this was pretty much all main plot. It, I mean, it wasn't a surprise what happened to Girardi. I think we called it like episode two mm-hmm. or, or three. Matt and um, I called it on Star Trek UCAS like last year. <laughs> like seriously, before season two, like we were in the middle of season one. We're like, you think Girardi's going to be the board queen at some point? <laughs> yeah. You definitely, definitely win the prize for that. Uh, the hug got me. The, you know, even gods have their favorites. I care about you got me, which is the point that Picard is always making to Q. So that was nice. That one individual life can't matter. Uh, let's see what else. Um, Elnor, I'm fine with it. Rios, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. Like it, it was, it was, I enjoyed it. <laughs> the, on, the only thing that I didn't like about the hug. So, you know, I've gone on record. I've, I've said throughout the season that I think that it would you be. You hate hugs? Yes, it would, no, it would be good if Elnor didn't come back, especially with the scene that we had in the last episode where Rafi kind of made her um, peace with the uh combat hologram you know and 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 was able to talk it out um and then the fact that picard just says but why did elnor have to die and q was like well you know uh oh well you know it happens or whatever and then when picard hugs q it's like he hasn't brought Elnor back yet at that point. And it's like, you're hugging him like, oh, it's okay. You killed Elnor for no reason. Just okay. to teach me a lesson. Well, he didn't <laughs> he kill, did kill no Elnor. He made that point. He I never told Elnor, you dumbass but... to go back in time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that jerk killed Elnor. That wasn't that wasn't on me. Um, and the hug was, you know, it's a friend who's dying. And so you're going to hug your friend. That wasn't, you know. Now, I did like it. I did like uh, when Picard went and put the uh, skeleton key back behind the brick so mm-hmm. that younger him can find it in the future. Um, and that, that that's when I kind of reconciled a lot of the, in my mind, I kind of reconciled a lot of the time travel stuff that didn't make sense because I was like, okay, so they're saying that this whole thing in the past, that, that this Europa mission taking off and being a success, Picard and crew, this is what always happened. Picard and crew causing it to happen. They're not coming back and changing the past. They're that's what always happened, you know. Predestination paradox. That's yeah, kind of Star Trek's bread and butter. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes when, when they feel like it. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, a lot of the uh, I, I enjoyed the episode for the most part. I did feel that like some of the. They, try, they wrapped up everything, but I felt like some of the wrap-up was a little hand-wavy. But uh, but overall, I enjoyed it. Um, That's also oh, really snappy. <laughs> yeah. Less hand-wavy, more snappy is what I'd say. I, I think that um, it's a good send-off to the version of Star Trek Picard that we've had for the last two seasons because next season, I think we're going to get something a little bit different because a lot of the crew are leaving. Girardi's not going to be there. Rios is not going to be there. Uh, Elnor is not going to be there next season. Uh, and um, Soji, she's not going to be on next season. So they were all fired. Yeah, everybody got fired. (laughs) So let's, uh, okay, let's talk about the plot a little bit. So (laughs) while Picard is quietly confident that the timeline is being steadily restored, he and the crew are aware that everything hangs in the balance as the Europa mission 
prepares to take flight. The the thing that I didn't like was the whole the whole drone thing. I didn't think really worked. Yeah, uh, it was kind of unnecessary. Yeah, it did. I it didn't really feel like a like a real threat to me. I mean, like the, I didn't think those drones. I never thought those drones were going to come into play and like take out the Europa mission or anything like that. But uh, I, I do have a problem as a NASA wonk. Although I've been trying to reconcile it with it being two years from now and partially a privately funded venue. Uh, the whole one, the astronauts don't get on the ship within an hour of its launch. <laughs> They're up there for a good three or four hours by that point. Yeah. And they don't break quarantine ever. <laughs> that was insane. Yeah. That, that pissed me off, actually. All, all the stuff surrounding the launch. It's just like no security. They break quarantine. Uh, soon can just walk in and out and do whatever. And no one cares. Like, uh, it, it was so dumb. You mean if a big so donor needless. comes up and says, you mean all my donations don't get me five minutes of face? That doesn't uh, work. <laughs> I, I would nonsense. actually believe that that would happen. I would believe that that part would happen. Is, well, I would believe that that, you know. that that woman at her level would be like, yeah, sure. Come on. And then they'd get as far as the white room door and they'd go, wrong <laughs> well uh, let me say this i actually worked in fundraising for 15 years that would not happen <laughs> the amount of money the amount of money you would have to give to be let into something that big is uh, we're talking elon musk money so yeah. soon money no uh, they would never and you just saw her last night you got you, you got your facetime last night like you don't get mm -hmm. like yeah a yeah redo. It was like, hey, didn't you hit yeah. that guy with the car? Was that you? <laughs> yeah. We've been looking for you, actually. I don't know. You know, I'm just saying, like, Soong might have Elon money. We don't know. Like, he's got that big place, you know, uh, in San Francisco. He does not. He's, like, he's growing <laughs> no. children in his house. <laughs> well, I, I do that, too, but I don't. <laughs> not like him. Though. Not in a, <laughs> yeah, not in a, a Petri dish. Oh, they're still expensive. <laughs> Come to think of it, I wonder if they're making a commentary on Elon. <laughs> if they're like... Yeah, yeah there, all these, all sci-fi shows now have an Elon-type character show up. Shoot, there was an Elon character on the episode of Law & Order that I saw. Dude, there's been an Elon character in every James Bond movie ever made. So. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Um, okay, arguably. <laughs> not, not that I want to get in the weird position of defending Elon Musk. I'm just saying... Oh Lord! Isn't he just Lex Luthor, and we've just transposed Elon Musk on top of Lex yeah. Luthor? Yeah. No, no, no. Jeff Bezos is Lex Luthor. We've established this. <laughs> Elon, uh, Elon is more of a um, Simon Stag character. If you're going with DC mythology, <laughs> I, I I gotta give. I can see that point. I give Elon props for. <laughs> yes, he's a he's an evil bastard. But at least he's forwarding forwarding the space program. Bezos is just jerking off into the clouds and help and bringing his rich buddies along for the circle jerk. <laughs> well, I mean... regardless, no one's being allowed to break <laughs> <the> quarantine. <laughs> for... <laughs> they said well, last sir. week there was a there, they said last week that there has to be a Renee who lives and a Renee who dies. You know, and there was a lot of speculation i think even scott was on the show speculating that the renee who dies is 
you know, uh, Picard's nephew, nephew. That, that died, you know, but, um, but it turns out the, the Renee who dies was Talon and she, I told you when they, when they said that that thing, that they brought up the whole thing with her disguise, that, uh, that that was coming back, that was going to come back mm-hmm. at some point. I still don't know why they said that once I turn it off, I can't turn it back on for eight hours. <laughs> there was no reason for that. But um, mm-hmm. but plot. yeah, she uh, she um, she disguised but it herself. Even the plot. It didn't. No. Yeah. She disguised herself as Renee, and she was the one that uh, soon poisons by touching her face, and he has this poison on it. That was a very James Bond type of uh, or a mission, or impossible. mission impossible. It was a mission yeah. impossible type. Um me! murder, yeah. <laughs> yeah. See to me like all of that screams Elon money. But I you know I have I can't afford to buy photo paper for my printer. So yeah. You have a printer? <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah really no, my, my wife right. had a printer when I married her. <laughs> and it's still working? Yeah, I've got one. I've got one in the closet that hasn't had toner in it in about two years. Yeah, I, I will say that the whole Rene Picard Europa mission, Sung Soji or, or Corey thing, that was to me the low point of this whole season. That that whole storyline never worked for me. That was just something they had to come up with something. Yeah, to, and that's to, how it, exactly how it felt. We had to yeah. come up with something. Get another soon. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would have much rathered that uh, Brent Spiner just be on next season with everybody else. And I guess she come back in time with them, I guess. Mm. And for some, like, I don't, I don't know, like this, this, this season needed to cook more. This, yeah. this like, <laughs> they, you know, well, they, they took it out of the it. oven too early. It was, it, it, took it, out of it was a little, it was a little <laughs> underdone. It wasn't like it was edible wasn't you know didn't make me sick mm-hmm. but uh, you know another month in the writer's room to hammer out all these little things that we talk about every week would have been I, as much as i am a fan of seeing you know brent spiner come back and do another, another soon sure which is fun whatever and, and i think i thought he did fine i thought he did a good job at it about half the time but <laughs> when he's being green screened in the middle of a vineyard yelling like he's in a video game commercial not so much but yeah um yeah. you know uh, yeah i'm like yeah okay fan service is one thing i am a fan service me i say it all the time however when you and yes it is cool to be like oh one of the soongs was responsible for at least part of the eugenics wars fine but then there's that other part of me that goes god this makes the universe feel so small it's so mm. like just, yeah oh, it's the just- one thing that i did like about it is it <laughs> explains why that it explains why the name Noonian is so <laughs> yeah is out there so much you know Khan's name is Noonian and Soong's name is also Noonian and and that would mm-hmm. explain you know if he created Khan you know he might have put the name Noonian in there you, you know what the the, the real reason for oh that yeah is. it's Gene Roddenberry had some kind of an army buddy or something named Noonian yeah. never ne- or something. never worked he, yeah, <laughs> he put that name in like three different series, hoping that his old buddy would see it and get in touch with him, and it never happened. Because <laughs> he was probably already dead. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So the whole Europa mission takes off, and the, the, I don't know. It's just my twisted brain, but when <laughs> Ta- when Talon was dying, I was like, 
Picard, what are you going to do with that body? <laughs> because that's a that's a great big butterfly right there. <laughs> I just want a deleted scene where like another little square teleportation thing opens up and Gary Seven comes out with the cat and drags her in. Drags her in. Yeah, <laughs> drags her away. I think Robert Lansing's a little dead for that, though. Uh, just, just bring in Hugh Laurie. Similar. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Um, okay, so so soon gets back to his lab and like everything on his computer starts deleting in front of him because he doesn't back anything up to the cloud, apparently, <laughs> even in 2024. Would you uh, would you back that stuff up to the cloud? I would back I'm, it up somewhere. I'm sure she took care of all of that. I'm even on even on some maybe on some data tapes that I keep in, in another location or something. I'm like, that's, that's why that was he pulled out the folder. <laughs> I was like, that was fast. There was no lag on the monitor or anything. Like, I'm over here, like reforming a drive, reformatting a drive takes me two weeks. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Fine. Yeah. And then he, uh, he, he looks at his computer. That's, that's the technical thing that you have an issue with in the Star Trek show. Wait oh, a minute. No, there are many things. <laughs> there are many things, John. He looks at everything deleting, and uh, and then he says. Okay, I guess I'll fall back on this. And he pulls up the folder that says Project Con. <laughs> well, I guess if I'm not going to do that, I'll just do this instead. <laughs> doesn't doesn't have an Ethernet line that he can't. <laughs> Did, um, uh, was I the only one who, when I saw that folder, went Project 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 Con? <laughs> yes. Yes. Or am Project I just con? too <laughs> Project Con? Project Con. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, made my wife laugh. And then. Um, <laughs> Soji is like deleting everything with a virtual reality helmet on and everything sitting in the, like sitting in the floor of the library, just deleting everything. And then, uh, and then she gets a message to meet her somewhere. And I assumed when I saw that message that it was Q again, you know, cause he's already kind of done that once. Well, she, she assumed that too. She yeah. was expecting it to be Q. Yeah. And then she, she shows up and she's like, Q, if you're playing games with me again, and it was Wesley. And uh, he said, "No, no, no. We're very different." <laughs> it did. I, I. Anybody else? Cry? I, I think Dave. You said you did. I. I, I teared up. <laughs> At which part? The Wesley. Oh, part? Oh, the, the Wesley part didn't. It, no. 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 I did. I. Did. I Wesley. I was just like, mm, let's see where that. What happens? I got a little <laughs> choked up when 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 Picard hugged Q, but I. Yeah. yeah but mm-hmm. now I did. I I did like seeing. Uh, and like I said, I knew Wesley was going to show up in this episode. I didn't know the context. Because Will Wheaton had already ruined it for me, but um, he so he's a he he's still a traveler, and th- so this totally negates the cutscene from uh, Nemesis. No, Berman negated the cutscene from Nemesis because he Wheaton did like three days worth of filming, and Burton and uh, Berman cut it all out. Yeah, I understand, but the but the scene is still out there, and I always I always assumed that that was still canon, but it yeah. Why why is it negated though? Because the because they said that in the in the cut scene they said that Wesley came back to Starfleet and was serving on the Titan. Oh, I didn't he was serving in scene. he was serving in the in okay. the engineering. Department. Why are you counting a, a scene that was cut as canon? Is that a thing people do? Some Something well depends on the property for the <laughs> for the office. A lot of people do. <laughs> I don't know. About, I don't think Star Trek, but you know, but you know, I was just thinking about like there's that one scene in the movie where you see him in the background up there. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. just see him in the there. wide shot. Yeah, he's in the he's at the wedding. Okay, and, he, and he's in a Starfleet uniform in that. 
But see, that makes sense. I mean, yeah, he would come back for a wedding of his friends like that. Yeah. But yeah. there was a scene. I didn't that, remember all that. Other stuff. There was a scene that, was take, that, that was supposed to be after that, still at the wedding, but where he comes up and he's talking to uh, Captain Picard and, and his mother. And uh, he's talking about, yeah, I'm, I'm serving on the engi- in the engineering crew with the Titan. And next week we're doing this and blah, 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 blah. And he's all excited. Well, it was cut. So it's not canon and good because I like this story yeah. better. I like I being too. a traveler much better. How That's old? dumb. That would be a dumb thing for him to just be like, I'm going to go be a traveler. And then like a year or two later, he's like, mm, I'm going back to Starfleet. You know what? Maybe maybe him going back to Starfleet was like his uh, Rumsprunger. So he's been it's been like a decade doing something else before he went back to being a traveler. Technically, he could he could go be a traveler. He could go be a traveler for thousands of years and he could still come back. And that's true. I've been shoveling dilithium for a year now. (laughs) Or, you know, in this capacity, he could just go like he could look at all the timelines and be like, "Mm, no, I was probably not supposed to do this. I'll just grab this Wesley Crusher from this timeline that's about (laughs) the end throw him on the titan he won't know any difference total rick and morty moment just like <laughs> i was about to bring up rick and morty when you did. <laughs> yeah. just like go help Riker on the titan he's like well anyway. this timeline is screwed up <laughs> let's just end this <laughs> yeah so how old do you, how old do you guys think that wesley is at this point that we see him in this uh in this scene because however it doesn't. It doesn't matter. He's a time traveler, so I, you know. it's just a question. It's just. A I question. assume he is the well, same age. That Will Wheaton is. Will Wheaton's fifty. Yeah, so. Middle age. Okay, you guys are no fun. Okay, uh, <laughs> what, I, well, I mean, we gave you every answer. Which one did you want? <laughs> I mean, he could be hundreds of years old because he I mean, could be. Yeah. Well, we I mean, can, I mean, this is four hundred years before he was ever even born. You know, so. Well, I'll say this. If Alex Kurtzman wants to give me a call, I'll be glad to help develop the Traveler series, and we'll answer that question. <laughs> I'll bet we can get an insurance company to to sponsor it. And you probably. <laughs> they, uh, I've seen a lot of uh, a lot of speculation that all the stuff with um, the supervisors and all that from this season may lead into Assignment Earth actually getting a series now. <laughs> Dude, let's do it. I'm down. I wouldn't mind it yeah it uh it'd be pretty cool okay so i would be absolutely cool with them completely wrecking every cool thing i ever thought about those (laughs) characters like (laughs) like, let's see how they're going to make it not interesting (laughs) i guarantee they come back they come back uh on uh lower decks at some point anyway but um, oh sure i'm just glad west didn't come back with like three fingers (laughs) (laughs) yeah they were the same species I did kind of want him to uh, have more of a costume. <laughs> he basically just like, you know, got out of his car and just went straight to set. Like, yeah, you know, something. And I, I realized that this is, you know, basically like he shouldn't look too weird because he's, you know, oblivion with the local, uh, local uh, wildlife people. Well, but, it feels like they have finally turned on the part of their brain where they said, every time we try to make something look weird and futuristic, it looks horribly dated. So anytime we don't know what to do with these costumes, we're going to make them look like they're in the 19th century. Yeah. Well, no, it, it absolutely makes sense vest. that he dressed the way that he dressed. I just kind of wanted to see something else. He looks like he came, <laughs> he looked like he came out of freaking Picard's 
uh childhood dream like yeah he does. this is 20 i mean this is 2024 like they could have just oh. dressed him in modern clothes they did the brown leather jacket <laughs> and jeans are never out of style so. <laughs> that's true <laughs> but um, but he's a whatever it, I, it's not even a complaint i just i just if you know he's he's got this this big surprise cameo i just kind of wanted him to be more of like more travel more more wesley less will i wanted him to be wearing a onesie that had like a triangle on it <laughs> and you silver. could and you could see his knob peeking through just a little bit <laughs> in certain shots because for some reason they didn't account for that or the one or the onesie that just had like the rainbow stripe that went all the way around <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right i got it before this goes too far into the gutter i got a question for y'all what? um <laughs> come on all of those onesies on next gen and TMP, yeah. they were awful. At least he wasn't wearing a scant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they all should have been wearing a cup. <laughs> At least it well, wasn't TMP where they panned right across someone that cross on the anyway. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm over here in 4K counting veins. Gerardi <laughs> <I> just... <laughs> um, as the queen. It looked like her face was CG'd onto the 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 body, for want of a better word. It, it, did anyone else feel like there was something weird about that? Was it a costume, or was she CG'd in? Or I think yeah, I think it was I think it was CG. Yeah. but I think it was because they wanted it to look so blended in, you know, in, in a way that they probably wouldn't have been able to do with makeup. So they were trying to go for that digital look or whatever. Yeah, it, um, it just it it was one of the only makeup effects that really pulled me out because I was like, why is why isn't she moving? Why is she, you know it it just looked so it didn't look right. It, it because bothered, it's been it, it's me. been four hundred years. I'm not sure that Gerardi's actual face even still exists. That may have been like di- a digital. It could have been a screen. Mm. You know, I mm-hmm. would have been cool. If it was that, if there had yeah. been some kind of screen that came up or something, but it just it felt like they they left it on her just being completely still for way too long. Yeah, and I'm like, you made one of your episodes 38 minutes. You're not trying to like fill anything, like fill a time slot. Just cut it quicker. Like mm-hmm. I, I, it it looked weird and it looked bad, but whatever. I'm way more interested in figuring out like, so was she was her like sect of the Borg around the whole time and just like staying quiet off in some other corner of the galaxy for all of these years, just waiting for their yeah. time. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I had questions about. I'm like, what is, what's the implication for the regular Borg? Is this a different timeline? Because she was regular Gerardi originally. And then from the perspective of everyone else on the bridge who didn't time travel, she just pops away. And then all of a sudden her face is on the board now. So, like, is this a different timeline or is this the prime timeline? I think what's the, going on. The important thing is, uh, if I'm to understand Twitter correctly, we're not supposed to ask questions about canon anymore. <laughs> Nothing is canon and everything is canon. So, when they want to reference a thing to make us feel, they, it, it's canon. And then any other time, it's like, just enjoy the story. God, canonistas. Well, I, did, I mean, I did, like at least, at least, at least one girl turns around and says, "Where's Captain Rios?" And for the yeah. like, mm-hmm. mind your station. Yeah. like, "Shut the f- up." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he stayed behind. 
produce more butterflies. That's what he did. Can you imagine if Data oh tur- if, if like Picard disappeared off the bridge, Data went, "Where the hell's the captain?" And, and Riker went, "Shut up, Data." <laughs> well, and, yeah. and plus, you know, Raffi wasn't on the on the Stargazer the first time around, right? Wasn't she on on the ship that Elnor was on? Yeah, well, that's why she came in from the, she wasn't originally, she wasn't on the bridge. She walks in, she's like, what's going on? Yeah. So I guess she materialized in the hallway. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. She materialized in the bathroom. What am I doing in here? (laughs) Now, now let me just point out to all y'all, except me, because you have, you have, you haven't been around for a lot of this. When I start bitching about time travel episodes, y'all always shout me down. <laughs> this is one of the reasons I don't like time travel series. I, I think that's true. I don't shout you down. Well, no, you haven't. Shut up, Rick. Still, I'm still enjoying <laughs> No one shouts you down. I'm still enjoying it. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like my, my wife was like, so so Rios is going to stay behind and screw everything up. And well, I was like, screw something, but right. No. Which, you know, by the way, I don't, I'm not, I'm not sure how much his little backstory that Guinan gave about what happened to him really fits in with the whole in two years, everything's going to go to hell, but, um, I I can headcanon it. God, I've been saying like Star Trek is the thing that taught me to headcanon. So I'm okay. (laughs) Don't worry. But, um, but you know, I'm I'm like, you know, look, it was like one episode of Star Trek, like in the original series where they were like. By the way, you don't have consequence, but your grandkids are going to have, or your kid is going to do this, whatever. Like Star Trek Four is yesterday. Yeah, start uh, Star Trek Four. Fine, Jillian Taylor, come along. We don't have time to beam her down to the surface again before we take off. Yeah, like she she she's pulled seen too you know, much. She's seen our faces. We have to kill her. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I guess they've just been ignoring stuff for a long time. Let's just <laughs> say that the uh, the the. the uh, what, what were their names? Uh, Domler and Loxley from Temporal Investigations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my god! It's one. only the two of them, and they they have to investigate every temporal prime direction and violation. Yeah, that is the first <laughs> thing I would do is either make a travel. If I was in charge, I would either make a traveler show or a, a temporal investigation show. And just basically just like fix every canon issue and be like, look, everything happens and here's why. Da, 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 da. We're going to go on like it's almost an anthology <laughs> series where they're like talking about it, almost like a Rod Serling type of situation. We're like, ah, this is an interesting case. Look what happened here. And then we just get the, the episode like, oh, OK. Except they're both sitting there drinking coffee and bourbon straight out of the bottle and going, yep. this one sucked too. <laughs> you know, the, the one thing that I think that I, the one thing, I, I, out of the six or seven things that I would probably change, the one that I'll talk about right now will, would be uh, the way that they brought Eleanor back. Because yeah. if... Uh, if I'm going to accept that they're doing that, that they're going to bring Elnor back, I think I probably would have just done it at the scene at the end in the bar. I don't think I would have done it right there in that battle because they just pop him up on the screen. He's like, the last thing I remember, I was doing this. And then Picard's, mm-hmm. Picard looks at Seven and is like, didn't you say something about a surprise? <laughs> like, yeah. This is yeah, very was, Saturday morning cartoony. <laughs> very unnecessary line. It was, I was really thankful that Q had, you know, suddenly gained control of his abilities enough, you know, to, to 
to bring them back to the future and bring Elnor back when before he couldn't even like click his fingers yeah. at Rene Picard. But yeah, except he, he then managed to infiltrate the FBI and get into Sung's lab and plant the program for yeah. for Korg. Oh, that's just because he's really smart. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> why not? But he, uh, yeah, he. I mean, he did say, you know, I've got, I've got enough. Basically, I've got enough energy to to do this. And since uh, Ra- uh, uh, Rios is staying behind, maybe I've got enough energy to do one more other thing. It'll be a surprise. And then you bring Elnor back. But the way they introduced him, it was kind of jarring in the middle of that battle scene like that. And also, but, it kind of it kind of fits Q. Where he's like, "All right, I'm I'm going to send this guy back, and as my last dying move, I'm going to make him absolutely freaking clueless." <laughs> Which I, has it been officially announced that John Delancey is in season three? Because I keep they announced that he's it, but it. I think they were lying. Oh, they didn't. They didn't okay. announce it back at the back before season two started. They said that he had signed on for season two and three. But I mm-hmm. think they were lying. I don't think he's going to be back. Because okay. then they also they announced this week that so many other characters are not coming back. You know, so. But there's there's a huge monetary difference between saying so-and-so isn't coming back versus so-and-so is going to be there. Mm-hmm. That, that gets into false advertising and stuff. And I don't think that they, uh, they would have to pay a lot of money to Delancey to say that he's going to be there. Well, not necessarily like they threw like that kid they threw in the, the opening sequence of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and then they killed him off in the first episode and he was never in the opening sequence again. But they're not John Delancey. <laughs> no, but well, it's John Delancey, John Delancey, just because we like him. Who the hell knows who John Delancey is? He does have a cameo. I mean, any celebrity that has a cameo is not they're not the king of all cinema. <laughs> no, and I mean, no. this is a guy that was like on soap operas and then Star Trek. But he's he's obviously got a good a uh, good agent, and yeah. they would have they would have to pay, there would have to be some remuneration. I can never say that word right for them to announce that he's in the seer in the show in the season. I mean, yeah, because that's 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 advertising. For I mean, fifty they're... bucks, he'll say hi to your grandmother for no, a birthday. His, his, his cameos yeah. are actually very expensive. <laughs> <laughs> I have, and it's he's like yeah. he's like one of the five hundred dollar guys for you know two minutes so kevin smith level um well no when, kevin smith is he's 500 bucks i've, when, I've looked <laughs> when someone sent us uh john delancey they said it was 60 dollars. so maybe he maybe since picard season two came out he yeah. jumped his price <laughs> yeah I, I could be wrong it's been a, it's been a while but, it was that but anyway uh, it, was I, that, I, it was that cameo on lower decks really did it for him <laughs> my yeah my point is you can say someone's not going to be on the show and not and be lying about it. Freaking JJ Abrams does it all the time. Yeah. Um, but I don't think you can say someone is going to be on the show and be lying about it. I think they can. They absolutely can. <laughs> Marvel does. Even, yeah, Marvel and, does it all the time. And he him appearing on the show doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be like a regular character. He'd be a flashback right. for you know, could be a flashback. Eight, well, I mean, he doesn't they, speak and he's standing there for six seconds. Like they said know. that they signed him for season two and three. That I mean, they may have signed yeah. him for season two and three. All they got to do a, is just they have an pay option him. for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's in the original contract. He has an option for season three. If they choose not to pick it up, they don't have to pay him. You know, Jack Nicholson is 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 credited in the Batman Returns, even though he wasn't in that movie. <laughs> 
<laughs> because he he was very shrewd in the way he negotiated his contract yeah. for that first movie. Nick, we're talking all over you. You got anything you want to throw in now? This. <laughs> uh well, yeah. I just like I I wanted like when I mentioned earlier that I felt there were some beats that were unearned. I was talking about um, Talon dying and and. Mm. I just felt like they didn't develop that relationship enough for me to care. And, you know, it's not Laris. I understand why Picard would care just because she looks like someone, mm-hmm. but I, I felt it was, it wasn't necessary for her to die. I don't like it when they kill people off, you know, just for the sake of killing someone, hoping that, you know, we'll have some sort of emotional moment, but it's like, I have no emotional attachment to this character. What do I care that she's died? She's she's not the Romulan I know and love. Yeah. It's like so it just it it felt shoehorned in there. It was completely unnecessary. And yeah, and I just uh, we already ranted about it, so I won't go back. But the other thing that really bugged me was just like the Gerardi um, Borg. I just I couldn't wrap my head around, you know, what's going on there. How does this affect the real Borg? How does this affect everything in the timeline? And I, I will take a moment to just express my deep irritation with Rios and everything he did. <laughs> and well, they, they were all insanely reckless, but Rios, especially like he just gave no shits. And it's like, why not? Why were you such a useless piece of crap dude like <laughs> like unless q deliberately brought him along because he knew he would mess things up and it would be amusing to him because like wow wow was he absolutely terrible i mean talk about like court martialable offenses like i mean no wonder he stayed behind his career would be over yeah i, so, I love how in in super anemic you you painted him as worse than Chekhov. <laughs> Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. Like I, I I was like and again needless like surely the re- writers are creative enough to to come up with a way for him to to fall in love and stay behind and not have him be such a fuck up. Yeah. Like he he was just so See, dumb. I think that's the thing. They're not they're not creative enough. <laughs> If, if one thing has been proven over and over again, me and my limited mental capacity, I, I am a better writer. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I have several people writing me and telling me your idea was better. This isn't even hubris. This isn't a big ego of any sort. This is the voice of the fans. <laughs> I, I feel like they had two... They wanted to give everybody their own storyline. And so, like, everybody got short shrift. Like, they should have kept more people together. You know? COVID, man. Can't yeah. do that. Speaking well, no, of short I mean, shrift. I mean, even, even, if, even if not physically together, have them on the same mission. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Rios is over here, and Gerardi's over here, and the, the more queens over here, and they're doing this thing, and Picard's doing that. But, like, and, and Brent Spider is here. Yeah, <laughs> and there's but, like a rope mission. I'm like, come on, but as come you on. were all saying earlier, they had enough episodes that they could have given each character maybe one episode to do a lot, rather than throwing everyone into each episode and they all have like five minutes to do something. 
Mm-hmm. Because another thing that was given short shrift was um, seven and Rafi. And I'm like, another unearned beat. It's like at the end, they kiss. Yay. Yay. Who gives a shit? We've never seen them together. Why they, would we care? If when they're, they're not fighting. Not? Yeah. They're, they're always fighting. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm glad they got together, I guess. I guess. Well, but, I, I, but I, I, you're I don't right. care I have one no... way or the other. So why even waste <laughs> well, the screen time? If they hadn't have had the kiss, which the, the kiss didn't entirely absolve them. If they hadn't had the kiss, they would have been accused of, of queer baiting, and mm-hmm. they would have that would have been correct. They would have been queer baiting, and the the, the throwing that kiss in there at the end doesn't completely. But why them put away, them but... together in the first place? Why put them together for five seconds at the end of last season just to have it go nowhere? Mm-hmm. Have you just seen so what they, they said like... about that? That apparently the writers saw them together at a convention and said, "Oh, they look hot together. They look good together. Let's do that." Yeah, they said on the ready room that that, that somebody queer one, one of one of them saw a picture of them together, and they said, "Well, there's a hot couple of lesbians or something like that." And they're like, "Yes, let's put that on the show." Yep. <laughs> they said that out loud. Well, it was one. Of, well, I mean, one it, of them. it was one of them. I think, them that it, I think that. it was Jerry Ryan. So. Yeah, it was oh. Jerry Ryan or Michelle Heard. Yeah, like, yeah, we look like a hot lesbian couple, and they're like, "Yes." <laughs> Hmm. all right the one thing that we haven't uh that we haven't mentioned and and i mean it kind of shows <laughs> the fact that we haven't mentioned it is that the the whole reason that the board queen showed up in the first place was because of this massive uh whirlpool in space thing that was about to oh, eject yeah. a bunch of energy that evidently nobody noticed until <laughs> until you know, uh, space it was is big. yeah you always say that Okay. I was, a, I was about Star Trek. To, it's not. It's just space is small on Star Trek. <laughs> I would have been again. This is another thing they could have easily just changed a line, and it would have made sense. Um, you know, the board queen is like, this anomaly is forming. It'll appear in four minutes and twenty-two seconds. Your instruments can't detect it, but ours can. You're gonna have to trust me. No, there's nothing there, Captain. We're not reading anything there. You got to trust me. Yeah, and fine. We trust you, and then it appears fine totally works totally works and we brought but in you're just, right Sean. it makes no sense this huge thing that's gonna take out the galaxy the entire galaxy building. yeah well the sector and, they said the sector okay blast a beam through the galaxy with whatever sci-fi work words make yeah. it for you i'm saying it's big and someone should have noticed the energy building i, well, I don't know all sci-fi people and it had if it had enough energy that it was going to take out the entire sector was the deflector array from what 12 13 ships enough would that really be enough to <laughs> to keep it from happening i can hit ken in that and follow it <laughs> this, because this because, was... because the borg chip is leading them and she did a thing to it and she boosted the shields and and it's not so much that she's stopping it she's just dispersing it i can make that work this was my favorite part <laughs> of the episode and i i meant to bring it up earlier and then i was going to and then we got rolling on other stuff um i love the fact that yet another space anomaly was like the throwaway at the end of the episode. The, oh, by the way, yeah, this shit's going to, we got to deal with this. And then they did instead of, you know, another 45 minutes trying to figure out what it was, where it came from, and then, uh, and then doing the same thing. They um, basically just in this, like in the last like 10 minutes of this finale, uh, solved an entire season of Discovery. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's a universe ending thing. 
And then it turns no, into the a tra- it turns into a trans stick warp our finger conduit, in it. <laughs> which I think the fact that it turned into a trans warp conduit that might be the basis of the plot for next season. Yeah, yeah, it might not be over with. Yeah, and they yeah. and they said it. I, I read a thing uh, this week that said that, you know we've got the entire original legacy cast of TNG coming back next season, but what I read this week says that. I mean, if, if you're thinking you're going to see the whole crew on a ship, like doing their old thing, that's not the way it's going to work out. You're going to have all of them are going to be there, but they're not all going to be on at the same time. They said um, Gates McFadden is going to be in six episodes next season. She's she's confirmed that. But some of the other ones may only be in one episode. Well, some of them may only be in like two or three episodes or something like that. It's not going to be the whole crew is together again on a starship doing what they always did you know kind of thing but i want all 10 episodes to have pulaski and every one of the others shows up for about five minutes <laughs> just to really piss everybody off I was about to say, you're losing your better writer cred right now. no no that's guys, not about better um, that's not about writing that's about spite do, do about- you guys think that um uh seven keeps her command of the stargazer Sure, yeah. why not? Well, why, why would she? She's I mean, right it was a field commission, but Starfleet. Well, yeah. and Re- well, Rios is gone. I, I think, well, I don't know. I like to say no, but or just design. I don't think we'll see it again. I say no, but I mean, in the Kelvin verse, Kirk kept his command, yeah, even though he had a field commission from cadet to yeah. <laughs> All right. So in the final scene in Guinan's bar, Whoopi Goldberg so is seen together with Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart is seen together with Michelle Hurd, Jerry Ryan, and even Evagoria. Evagora. Evagoria. Uh, but the three of them never appear in the same shot as Whoopi Goldberg. Guinan is briefly seen from behind in a couple of shots with the trio and the back of Elnor seen in one shot, which is likely an attempt to disguise the fact that they were using body doubles to make it look like they were all there together when they weren't um because of covid reasons so um so the file that adam soon looks at and his final scene is labeled project con it's dated june 7th 1996 uh con Nunez singh left earth in 1996 at the end of the eugenics wars according to tos now they may be retconning that i don't know um soon's descendant Eric soon would become involved with the augments descended from the project that created Khan during his career uh, later in, in uh, enterprise. Uh, the board queen seen in the stargazer is re- revealed to be Gerardi. She used the audible song. I'm not even going to pr- try to pronounce that French. No, je ne regrette pas rien. There you go. All right. Yay, Canada. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Congratulations. That was specifically to draw the attention of Picard and make him realize that she poses no threat. But that conversation hadn't happened yet. So uh, the two had discussed the song and its meaning for Picard while stranded in the year 2024 in the episode Watcher. Um, all right. That's all I've got. Do you guys have anything you want to add before I close things up? I mean, you know, we, we nitpicked the hell out of it, but I still mm-hmm. enjoyed it. And I'm on board for season three. And, you know, mediocre Trek is better than no Trek, in my opinion. So bring it on. Hmm. I don't, <laughs> I don't think I agree with that. For me, and I don't, I don't think the season was mediocre. I think it had its, its low points, but 
I but think look, that it, that it. Okay, I think that the 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 season of Picard was shaped like this. You're on a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I'm on a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I'm on a video podcast too. You can see what I just said on YouTube. No, I think the first two episodes were great. Mm-hmm. I think that it dipped, yeah. and by the middle of the season, I mean that one episode. I can't remember the name of it. The one where Gerardi sings. That episode I label as bad. Yeah. Um, and then it came back up, but it didn't quite come up as high as it did at the beginning of the season. You know, I, yeah. I have to wonder if the writers for these shows, because, you know, we, we've talked a lot about ever since since uh, Star Trek came back, that they're doing these season long arcs, which is the, you know, it is the way now with television. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering if the writer, the, the people that are writing TV, you know, I, I, I don't know about other shows. Um, but it's almost like they don't know how to write a 10 episode season. So maybe if they had 26 episodes, they could explore some of these threads a little better and discard some other things. Um, it, it, yeah, it, it felt like the season was too long, but it was only what 10 episodes or 10 episodes. Yeah. 10 episodes. Um, nine and a half episodes, really. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I don't quite understand why a 10 episode season would feel long when we used because to get 26 side quests. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was a 10 episode series that really only had about six episodes of content. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was, and like that stuff, that thing with the uh, agent Wells, that whole storyline. Yeah, yeah. The whole storyline didn't really pertain to what was going on. Uh, you know, a lot of that. Now, I, I will. I did want to point out um, the scene with Guinan at the end when Guinan said, "Oh, I've known about this the whole time. I just didn't mention it to you before because basically they haven't written that yet." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do. I do sincerely wish whenever when the show ends, when it's. I mean, I guess it's over now technically uh, as far as production. I do. I would love to have the producers and the writers of Better Call Saul. Just do a master class for every other writing team to teach me, teach them how to like sustain suspense, make appropriate references and callbacks to mm. the other series. I mean, they do it so masterfully. Like I sit there and I'm watching Better Call Saul and I'm like, God, I just don't want it to end. Every episode is so fantastic. And then I watch Star Trek and I'm like, oh, what's happening? Why are we doing this? We're but then then again, I uh, you know you don't you never expect like a YouTube dive you know late night YouTube dive to like yield life changing results, but I wound up watching this uh, this Tom Snyder episode from like seventy nine, where he was talking to the to the to the Star Trek TMP cast, and they just had on Harlan Ellison as well, and Harlan Ellison just like beat it into every one of them how mediocre Star Trek is. And I didn't want to agree with him, but I wound up agreeing with him. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, ah. Yeah. But yeah, he, I, uh, I think they should have kept Elmer dead. Yeah. Steaks. I need steaks. And that doesn't mean a random <laughs> that doesn't mean a random lady that I don't know. Okay. Harlan, I need Elmer to Harlan you, Ellison you, you, did need it. You've a, been saying that the whole season. Harlan uh, yeah, Ellison yeah. did Since have a when does Star Trek have stakes ever? <laughs> they always reset at the end of the episode. Why is this... Deep is this, Space Nine. Uh-huh. And? That was it. 
That was it. That's that what was I'm saying. it. Like it's that's the exception. Well, <laughs> Next look, generation, they, they did not have I, stakes. Look, man, original I, series, they did not have stakes. I want Star Trek to be better than it has been. Why is that so bad? <laughs> Why is that the <laughs> cardinal sin of the Star yourself. Trek fan? Like when you're a Star Trek fan, you're and breaking you're like, your heart. Man, like, I, I wish this had. To see it. I wish this had stakes. I wish this was better written. People are like, well, this series didn't. This series well, didn't. Yeah, got, I don't want it to be as shitty as those. You've got Picard. Well, okay, but especially in season one, you've got this really dark Star Trek series mm-hmm. that's got uh, doing things that Star Trek have, have ne- has never really done before, but also falling into doing some of the same tropes that they've been doing the whole time. I mean, mm-hmm. you, at, at one point, you've got Ichev having his eye pulled out of his head on screen and they're really done that before no. uh and but at the same time you re you you're using time travel to reset everything so that so that you're everything that you do at the beginning of the season doesn't really matter because you know you're gonna you're gonna hand wave it all the way at the end anyway i, I think that whole each getting killed and having his eye pulled out was kind of a f you to to the original the actor. actor yeah who was like shitting on the new star trek series and had gotten a little trumpy yeah. <laughs> a little a little <laughs> a little a little trumpy all right uh check out our patreon patreon.com slash infinite potato uh you'll find a bunch of stuff over there including our uh movie commentaries there's a uh a patreon portal on the website now so if you become a patreon uh, member you you will get access to that portal and you'll have access to all the movies that we've done so far including our review of kiss meets the phantom of the park that came out last month i'm uh, still sorry for that folks i apologize <laughs> you can join that for uh three dollars a month or you can become a producer like brandon uscio del goodall and uh, tom corcoran and uh that's just being a member at the ten dollar level so go and check that out and if you want to contact the show you can leave us a voicemail on anchor or you can send us an email or a facebook message and if you want to find out how to do those things go to our website at infinitepotato.com and click on the link for that Star Trek podcast. John, thank you very much for being here tonight. Uh, Let us know where we can find you. You can find me on other uh, shows on the network, primarily my show, Kevin Game Show, uh, where it's trivia, there's wordplay, there's improv, often music, some dancing, but that's more... um, just in celebration after the contestants are done. <laughs> All righty. Neek, uh, Star Trek is keeping you busy these days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me at superanemic.com or uh, on Facebook at superanemic. All right. Dave, where can we find yes. you, sir? Uh, you can hear me curmudgeoning on Star Trek Universe podcast. Uh, <laughs> and you can also, uh, if you're into DC, dconscreen.com dc on screen podcast we talk about the dc universe on film and television a lot of a lot of griping about stuff these days (laughs) all right rick where can we find you you can find me all over the infinite potato alliance podcasts i tend to sneak in anywhere someone isn't watching the back door um i'm occasionally on captain game show i'm on cosmic potato uh i do my own show starbase 66 and also open the iris the stargate sg1 watch along show 
All righty. Remember, there are two episodes of this podcast this week because we're also discussing the series premiere of Strange New Worlds. We're keeping it as a separate episode because I know it's not available to everyone uh, and I don't want to put anything out there that's going to spoil it for someone that hasn't had an opportunity to watch it. But that will be available on the feed this week as well. So join us for our next episode where we cover Strange New Worlds Season 1, Episode 1, which is titled Strange New Worlds. Until then, remember, see you out there.